0: The Property Experience. Our hosts, Zarko Jokic and Anna Porter, will take you behind the curtain of the property market Australia-wide. Welcome back to the Property Experience. Today we have the amazing Vanessa Caputo from Thornton and King Lawyers. Welcome, Vanessa.
1: Thank you, Anna.
0: So I've got so many questions for you because you are well and truly in the trenches of the property market at the moment in Sydney. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the hottest, hardest, fast-paced property markets we have in the country. Um, But before we go into that, and obviously it's your area of expertise, tell me a little bit about your journey. Why did you go into law? Why property law? How did you end up where you are?
1: Yeah. um, No, I've always had an interesting property. So my dad was a developer. A lot of people don't know that. Um, And a real estate agent. So that sort of me down that property path. Um, I joined, I was in-house counsel for Jones Lang LaSalle so that even more so um, kept with the property area um, and then I really wanted to help mum and dads just help them get across the line, buy their first place, buy their second place um, and even a lot of smaller developers. Just It's just really exciting.
0: Yeah and I'd imagine it'd be a very interesting area of law. It'd be constantly changing Every yep. deal would be a little bit different in its own right. Do you find that, the, you know, that it, you've got to stay across the legislation, the changes in real time? Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, 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 The last few years has been a lot of changes. So just keeping on top of those changes, really, really important.
0: So property law. So this is obviously you step in when someone's purchasing or selling a property and tie up and understand and help people understand all the legals around that. Mm-hmm. Um some people try to do it themselves. I've seen it firsthand. What, what would you say about that?
1: Don't. What <laughs> can go wrong? Um, everything. So um, people don't understand the contracts. Um, they just don't. So they'll miss things like land tax adjustments on aggregate basis, which means it's all of the seller's property um, divided by percentages. So that happens. Um, they're just not getting any information. Like contracts don't say if there's a legal works. It's a vendor warranty, but doesn't necessarily say that. Um, and just delving into all that sort of stuff, understanding that, you know, you don't know if there's encroachments. It's just something that you don't want to be doing yourself, honestly. Yeah. And look,
0: I've seen some um, solicitors that specialise in residential, mm-hmm. and some that do residential and commercial. And I've seen some residential solicitors pick up commercial files and make an absolute <laughs> barrier of them. What is the difference between a commercial and a residential solicitor in terms of, you know, how would a consumer actually understand if they're picking the right person to look after? And why would you have a solicitor that does something different with commercial to residential?
1: Yeah, a commercial has got its own sorts of problems. Um, So a lot of it I see lawyers mess up is GST. Going concerns, GST, is the space fully occupied, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it it is tricky and you do need someone that actually does do commercial-type transactions. Um, just really different. Um, the whole conveyancing process is different um, and you want to do a lot more due diligence, I guess, on use and things like that with commercial as opposed to resi. Yes, we need to check that it is a residential property and the banks are going to see it as resi. But then with commercial, it's just different. What does the client need to use the property for? What's their intention? So you have to go more into, you know, future use. And what the DA approval is on that property now, like what's it being used as, does it have the DA to be used as that? Um, so a lot more, I guess, things can happen, or wrong things can happen, especially with commercial. Um, but yeah. the biggest thing is GST. I see people yeah, stuff so up you're on. not just assessing the property and the financials and the no.
0: legalities. You're also looking at the tenant, the lease, yeah. revenues, what they're doing with it, what they can't yeah. do with it. Are they complying with those things? So it's obviously a lot more involved. There's a lot
1: more in it. With commercial
0: yeah look I've seen a few go horribly wrong so I'm a big believer in using the right solicitor <laughs> for the right thing yep um all right so talk to me a little bit about um some of the worst mistakes you see buyers make
1: Ah, uh, resi yeah
0: or any yeah any.
1: <laughs> um just not you know especially buying and selling so people selling not getting the right contract drafted up Well, I just see that time and time again that the stuff's not in there um, what does that, that mean for someone? If they sign uh, that, what does that mean? Okay. So potentially they haven't put in all the documents that are required to put in their contract. And it sounds like no one could stuff that up, but I see it weekly. Um, also really nasty contracts. That's unnecessarily nasty um, that can turn buyers off. And then I guess with buyers, the things we see wrong is just people not giving them the right advice. Um, you know, I've seen a, the, probably the worst thing I saw was a one of my clients trying to buy a unit Um, And the previous owner, well, not the previous owner, a predecessor of that person, actually built on common property. So they built the whole lounge room on common property. Now, that's been conveyed more than once since then, and no one picked it up. And it was me that picked it up, and they had to take it off the market. So pretty much we were acting for an incoming buyer. Um, And because we are so diligent, we went through it and realised that actually built on common property, um, and then they were using another area of common property without an exclusive use right to use that area. So essentially, they were selling something a lot bigger than it was. Yeah, something they didn't own. <laughs> um, well, it surprised me that no one had picked it up because it had gone through a few hands before we got to it. Um, and no one knew, not even the conveyance that acted for them on their purchase that were now acting for them on their sale. So she had no idea. Um, and if yeah, you're missing
0: just, documents from a, from a contract, can, can you actually get out of that? contract if some of those
1: documents are missing does well, that mean an invalid one. contract no so that one there I don't know if we would have had a right to get out if we'd entered into the thing but um you know my clients obviously got the right advice and they didn't proceed with it and it got taken off the market so but there are times that documents or contracts are prepared incorrectly where yes as a buyer we can get out just because they haven't put the right documents in there so it doesn't give sellers
0: any security if they
1: haven't got the right contract drawn up no, because we can pretty much get out. And I've done it a few times on people. So my clients have no longer wanted to proceed and they didn't have all the documents in there and we were able to get out and get yeah, our wow. deposits back. So it happens. Yep. Too much, actually.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you can use it to your advantage if you've got I right can solicitor. use it to my
1: advantage and I see it weekly. So yeah, wow. Yeah.
0: So I've heard you talk about... Um, being a more commercial solicitor and not getting too caught up on some of the nuances or technicalities in the negotiation what do you mean by that walk me through what that means yeah
1: so we get a contract i mean i've seen a billion before and a lot of the stuff is standard okay now if the provisions are really standard i'm just going to tell my client there's no use asking for changes let's just get you exchanged across the line um a lot of the stuff's just not necessary. Um, So just acting commercially and also just going outside of the box. So if we do see a problem, let's try and sort that problem out and let's see why it's like that. Um, And I have helped clients. The property has been on the market a long time and no one wanted to touch it, but we've fixed up the problem, told the other lawyer how to fix the problem um, and made the contract conditional on that being fixed. And then my client gets this great price for something no one else wanted to touch. When in essence, there was nothing wrong, just people weren't doing what they were meant to be doing. So... That's what we mean by commercial and just knowing everything is so time sensitive. Like, you know, if a client makes an offer, you've got to get them across that line that day because it's still on the market. And a lot of people don't know that. Property is on the market till they exchange. How
0: are you finding the property market in Sydney at the moment? You've obviously been doing this for more than a year or two. So how do you yeah. find it at the moment compared to years gone by?
1: Um, A few months ago, it was absolutely crazy. So people buying a lot out of Sydney as well, just prices, just ridiculous. Our average conveyance was probably two to three mil, and then all of a sudden it went to five to six. Um, So it's just been crazy. Um, A few weeks ago, it sort of um, slowed down a little bit, but I had a lot of clients stop looking because of COVID, I think, and they were just so happy to be out in the real world again. Um, And now we're getting really busy again because people have realised there's no bidders. So...
0: So if someone yeah. it wants to buy at auction, which is very commonplace now, mm-hmm. and they've got a pre-approval in place and they've had you look at a contract, is there any risk going to auction? Is that a good way to buy or is it, is it pretty much fairly standard these days? What, what does that look like from a buyer's yeah.
1: perspective? Yeah, look, I wish they didn't have to because contract's not subject to finance, so even if they have their pre-approval, there's no guarantee. Um, we risk assess our clients, like how much are they loaning if there was to be a shortage in the valuation and things like that. Um, And then we just give them that. Unfortunately, a lot of stuff goes to auction. Or if it doesn't go to auction, they want it unconditional when they exchange anyway, which is just auction conditions. Um, So look, in the areas we practice, we don't see a lot of five-day cooling off periods. Um, Most properties will either be sold before auction with the five-day cooling off period waived or auction. So look, everyone's at risk um you know when that happens but i don't know if there's anything i can do about it um yeah. that's how everyone in sydney buys it's just how the, the market it's is that's so how the market is the buyer
0: has to understand and assume the risk of, of what they're doing that's right and i do risk assess them
1: <laughs> yeah. um and i do point out their risks every time um it's that's really decision. a decision for them at least they go into it knowing Um, Absolutely. And I would imagine
0: not a lot fall over, but when they do it, a bit financially catastrophic, if you're the one whose VAL came in really low or, you know, the bank wouldn't take security over the property for whatever reason.
1: Yeah, that's right. We try and, you know, we try and do enough searches before. So that doesn't happen, Um, especially like, you know, old shops that are converted to resi and things like that. We look into that a lot more if that sort of property they're looking to buy. And my advice is obviously going to be a lot different to just a standard house.
0: Yeah, and um, that would be what, what a little bit. That would probably be a little bit of a reflection of the current market too. I'd imagine, you know, subject to finance, subject to cooling off periods, is more available in a softer market. You know, yeah. you imagine ebbs and flows. Yeah. So, is, is a sellers in the driver's seat at the moment when it comes to contract negotiations? Do you think? Is who the seller in the driver's seat a bit more at the moment?
1: I'm not really saying that. Um, not at the moment i think it just depends on the type of property but not really um i think i think both are but yeah look they don't agree to stuff and then you know that we know we're in a a fast market um but yeah look i don't know i've had a lot of clients not be able to sell at the moment as well that's really interesting uh, yeah (laughs) in areas that's other stuff selling so you know a lot of them have taken it off the market even
0: Yeah, and you just don't hear about that in the media or through the real estate. The real estate agent's not talking about the ones they didn't sell, are they?
1: (laughs) Well, that's right. And, like, I've even had stuff in eastern suburbs that my client was the only one that turned up to the auction and I couldn't believe that and that was only a few weeks ago. And he thought something was wrong with the property. He's like, why is no one here? (laughs) And, again, a client in the Northern beaches, she was the only bidder. And a month ago that would never have happened. There would have just been so much um, competition over that property. So, the market's getting so, a
0: little bit price sensitive now. That's starting to kind of yeah, come back in.
1: Definitely seen at the last few weeks. So, that's, that's why it's true. not all a vendor market right now, I don't think. There's some yeah. properties that aren't selling.
0: How do you find, do you see many people try and sell properties themselves versus using an agent?
1: Do you find no. much of a difference <laughs> there? Um, sometimes. Um, I've had a few clients do that, um, but it makes it really tough because they just don't know how to negotiate. Um, I mean, I have agent clients that don't sell their own properties. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? You (laughs) get too close. Yeah, you get
0: too close to it, don't you?
1: Yeah, I I don't love it. Um, If you're going to do it, that's fine. But I I find they don't know enough either about the negotiation process. And also, like, with exchanges, like, they just don't know what to do. I mean, we do help them um, when we are sensitive to their needs. But, um, yeah, there's a lot more for us, obviously, to do as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, Um, fair enough. Talk to me about buying off the plan. What does that look like for a buyer? What does it look like for a seller? Obviously, if your dad's been a developer, you would have seen a lot of that from both sides of it.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, off the plan is unique. As I say to all my clients, you're buying a concept. You don't know what you're buying. Um, I just had a client have an issue with an off the plan and he said, yes, Vanessa, you said, um, you told me about this. Like, you know, so my clients are never angry because I always give them a, a big warning. Um, because we don't know what it's going to look like. Mm. Um, I'm not going to say I'm for or against it or that I'm really against it, but I've seen a lot of issues. There's um, some risk there. there. There's definitely some risk there. Um, as long as look, all well, my clients are aware of the risk, because I really go through it with them. Um, I get them to go and look at other developments that developer has done um, and to get a feel of it and to make sure they're happy. Um Because, yeah, they are buying a concept. So it is difficult um, to know what you're going to get or what the end result is going to get. And also timing. I find clients start to get frustrated with time. Um, There are sunset clauses. They're usually two years after when they think um, it's going to be finished. And there's nothing I can do to get them out uh, until that time hits. So frustration, I think. And and if
0: they're sitting in the market and then do have to get out for whatever reason, they could have missed The market, the market could have gone up in that time and they're just not in a position to... Well,
1: that's right. And look, normally clients don't get out of off-the-plan contracts even though they're frustrated or even though there's changes um, because they've been waiting so long and sometimes when they then get a value around, because that's what I always suggest, if they want to pull out, um, they can't buy anything comparable. So, look, I mean, that doesn't happen all the time. Sometimes, you know, the valuations come under, but um, it just depends
0: And what is the risk from a finance point of view? So I've been a property valuer a lot of my career and I've I've valued a lot of off-the-plan units when they're coming to Mm -hmm. supplement, which is 18 months or two years after someone's usually signed that piece of paper. The market can go up. The market can go down. I've seen that too. Um, but they're getting finance. They've usually spoken to their bank and got a pre-approval or an indicative approval when they sign signed the piece of paper. But 18 months later, what's the risk there from a completion and finance point of view? That's huge
1: risk. So a lot of times pass. So it's not only a finance risk and a valuation risk, it's also that their circumstances can change. So when they signed a contract, they were in a really nice job, they had a really good wage, and then all of a sudden a month before it all looks like it's going to complete, they lose their job. So... There's definitely risk there. Um, and as you said, the valuation is a risk as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's lo- there's loads of different types of risk
0: there. Lending can change. We're seeing a bit and of, a lending lot of there now. You know, it's not as easy to get loans as it was six months ago. And then yeah. for, before the Banking World Commission, it was a totally
1: different ballgame again. That's right. So yeah, I mean, and and with these longer sunset dates and all this off-the-plan buying, you don't know what's going to be, you know, what the circumstances are going to be with yourself with mortgage, with lending, um, you know, two years down the track, or property prices. So it's definitely risky. And
0: we often hear, and I get told this all the time, people say, oh, but, you know, I only have to put down a 2% or a 5% deposit (laughs) if I buy off the plan. So if it goes wrong, I'm not losing that much. I've heard one of a 1% deposit. I'm not losing that much. Is that correct, that they might only lose 1% or 2%? No.
1: (laughs) So the contract doesn't have a limitation of liability, so... Um, that 1%, yeah, it may just be a deposit. Um, they normally put um, instalment clauses for the deposit in contracts as well. But even if they didn't, if they suffer loss and damage, they could actually potentially sue that buyer for any loss and damage suffered as a result of their default of that contract. Right, so they're so not just of, going to lose that one percent. Right, or so it 2%. could revert to ten
0: percent. They could lose ten, then they could lose the cost for it being remarketed, restold. If there's a shortfall, agency. fees.
1: Um, they would need to get a limitation of liability in their contracts, which are not common, and it's unlikely anyone's going to agree to that either. But I'm also starting to hear a lot
0: about why people shouldn't do their own conveyance. <laughs> <laughs> if you yep. don't know what a limit, limitation of liability clause is, don't do your own conveyance. <laughs> So when people are picking a conveyancer or a solicitor, and there's obviously there's a difference between the two and it would be great to get an understanding of what that difference is. But like I'm, you know, I'm John and I'm going in to buy my first property and I see an ad on Facebook for $999 property conveyancing. What have I got to ask to make sure I'm picking the right conveyancer or the right solicitor when I first pick up the phone to talk to that person?
1: Yeah. um, Well, I'm biased there. So I would say use lawyer always. Um, Why? Why is that? Big difference. I mean, we went to uni for how many years? Um, And and we, you know, our job is to review contracts, be it property contracts, commercial contracts, um, and like the limitation of liability clause I just discussed. Also, if something goes wrong in your conveyance um, and the other side breaches the contract, they need to give the file to a lawyer. Okay? So you're stressed, you're panicked, something's gone wrong with your conveyance, all of a sudden they can no longer act because they can't give legal advice. Then your file needs to, you need to then go and find a lawyer to actually see what's happened. Now that's going to take time because we haven't had carriage of the matter the whole time. So we're not, you know, we have to actually have a look at all correspondence on file, have a look at the contract, then give advice and then action it. So if it was one of our matters, We've pretty much done all that. The files are with us. The client's not stressed. They're still with us. Um, And then we can give them proper legal advice on the issue that's arisen and then respond. So it's a lot quicker than here's your file back, go find a lawyer. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we will deal with it. We have litigation in our firm as well. But, look, most property lawyers can deal with that um, if that was to happen.
0: Is there a big price difference between a conveyancer and a solicitor in New South Wales? No, zero.
1: Not really. Um, I think poor Denny charge more than we do. So, <laughs> right. um, yeah, no, conveyances lawyers, I mean, it, it just depends um, on who you get. But typically the prices are pretty much the same. Okay. So let's say I've
0: got, got to that point where I've decided I want to use a solicitor instead of a conveyor, mm-hmm. Um And I'm picking
1: up the phone. How, do, how well, What have I got to ask to know that you're the right solicitor for me? Um, I think you need to do more research on um, the internet as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so look at Google reviews, make sure that they do have a dedicated property team is really, really important. So as I said, property is really time sensitive and you do want responses because most of our clients, you know, you're buying a property, it's really exciting, but it's really daunting as well. So you want to be able to contact someone and be able to contact someone when you need that person, as opposed to, I am mean, they're in court all day, ring back tomorrow. Okay. Um, because clients are just going to miss out. I mean, you really need to be really attentive. So I guess, you know, you want to make sure that their practice does focus on property or they have a property team in their practice that focuses on property and that they have a team because if someone gets sick, at least you know that they're going to have, you know, carriage of that matter anyway and someone is still going to deal with you while that other person, you know, may have you know, COVID <laughs> yes. um, or get sick or, you know, has the flu. At least you know someone else will deal with you. So I think having getting someone that has a team, um, more than one person in the firm, um, that can deal with you if something was to go wrong, and also urgent um, yeah. reasons too.
0: I'll never forget one time, one of our clients wanted to use their family's solicitor for a property conveyance matter. Um, we were the buying party, and I think it was more of a state planning type lawyer and he hadn't mm-hmm. really done a lot of property and we kept trying to say oh we've got other options yeah he insisted that she use this old family lawyer and anyway it was time sensitive it was in the last big boom and we have the contracts were in his office and um, i offered to go over to north sydney to pick them up and take them to the agent for exchange he was happy with what was in them we impressed upon yeah. him the time sensitivity it would sell over the weekend if we didn't get these contracts together no. right afternoon he put them in the post <laughs> And I said, please don't do that. And he said, you're just pressuring my client because, you you know, you need to get this deal together. I said, no, I'm pressuring your client because the property will sell tomorrow if not. Like we've got multiple offers at the same level just behind us. The agent's giving us a tiny bit of professional courtesy here to get this done. Anyway, what do you know? They sat in the post over the weekend and someone else bought the property on Saturday yep. and the client was furious. Mm-hmm. But... It was out of our hands. So I I very much heed the warning of user solicitor that specializes in property transactions.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, it's hugely important. And it's just, you know, we understand, like, you know, I get calls at 7 o'clock at night, um, you know, to exchange. And I'm willing to do that because that's just the market and we understand it because we see it day in, day out. And if that gets our client across the line, we're going to do it. Um, And we're going to be available when you need us.
0: Yep, you're not going to pop them in the post and sit back no. and say, my job's done, <laughs> sorry, we'll deal with that on Monday or Wednesday, yeah, no. the post. Property the
1: doesn't moment. work like that, unfortunately. And if you don't know that, yeah, you get yourself into all sorts of trouble like the client did.
0: Yes, well, we hope that solicitor did not invoice that client, but i suspect suspected <laughs> Um, Any other tips you want to throw in or have we covered all of it? No, not really. It's
1: just, as I say to you all the time, I know who you choose makes a huge difference. Um, You know, and don't squabble about fees. I mean, if it's 500 bucks more, at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's something you don't do every day. It's worth paying that little bit extra just to get the right attention and to get you across the line and not end up like your client.
0: Yeah, I (laughs) Um, couldn't agree more. I've seen some cheaper solicitors out there and I find clients get what they pay for.
1: Yep, and that's what we say as well. I mean, go to someone that does free reviews continuously, but, you know, you're just not going to get that service. You just can't. Um, We couldn't do that.
0: No, no. We
1: want to provide a solid service and do a proper review. I don't do skim reviews or any of those sorts of things. It's a proper written review. Um, And we do everything same day. So it's not like, you know, it takes us forever. Um, Just get it done properly. Get someone that will, will be there when you need them. Especially
0: yeah. in these crazy markets, Sydney markets just nuts. Legal expertise coupled <sighs> with the care and the customer service its great. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and the care. It's all about the care. Yeah, you know? excellent. How do people get in touch with you? If so they're thinking about buying a property, um, I suppose one question before that, what at what point do they reach out? Like when they get the idea on a Sunday morning we want to buy something, or they get the idea they want to sell something, or they're already talking to agents, or they've already found something,
1: when's the best time to get in touch with you? Yeah. And then how? Any time is fine so if they're just wanting a little you know just a, a conversation even that's fine we don't mind class but typically clients will engage us you know as they you know thinking about engaging an agent at the same time is fine and if they're buying you know they've got their pre-approvals in place and they're actually actively looking because then I'll send them information sheets as well um and then when they're ready they just email us a contract and we review everything same day so it's pretty simple um, we don't need loads of notice to you know, start acting for somebody. Um,
0: and
1: to contact us, yeah. Um, so have a look at our website, ThorntonandKing.com.au. Um, have a look at our Google reviews as well because there's quite a lot on there. Um, and just call us. Wonderful. Great advice. I really appreciate
0: your time. Thanks for joining us on The no Property worries. Experience.
1: Thank you, Anna.
0: Thank you for joining us on another episode of The Property Experience. Stay tuned for more great content.